Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. We back. You're right. We're back on doing that I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay stuff. <laughs> she ready? Uh, should we read some emails? Yeah. I feel like we haven't done emails in a few weeks. We got a couple here. You ready? You ready to hear this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Caroline Sober says, hey guys, I'm binging on the podcast here at work. Was thinking about how Bob has established probably the most long-lasting place in my life as one of my favorite musicians, starting from shows at Club Tavern in Middleton, Wisconsin, back in the early 2000s. Clint, I'm pretty sure I like you a lot too, but I just don't know you as well. Maybe if you were at the Club Tavern in the early 2000s, we could have been something. Well... In the early 2000s, I was listening to Dave Matthews. I had frosted tips. I was wearing khaki pants and Birkenstocks. Hold on. So I'll let, let you me, be the let judge. Me, let me that. hold on. Let me let me loosen some of my shit here. Zip. <laughs> no, go ahead. Anyway, I thought I'd write because Bob's music has ended up forging a very unexpected legacy in my life, and that's regarding my kids. They're seven and two. Both of them love Bob. I used to sing Love is Everywhere to both of them as a lullaby. It's an awesome lullaby. We listen to Bob in the car all the time. Even the inappropriate songs, my kids know which words they're not allowed to use. I guess Bob is kind of our fucked up version of Raffi. Uh, she says, my oldest Maggie is especially fond of Bob. She requests Ready, Let's Roll constantly. And last time he came to Madison at the High Noon Saloon, she, uh, she dictated a little fangirl note to him, which he said via Twitter made it back to him on the bus, and made his night. And so the legacy continues. So my question is, what is the most unexpected, good or bad, legacy your music has started to create thus far? Or what legacy would you love for your music to have in the world, even after you're no longer around to play? Thanks, guys, for the super fun podcast. Yours is actually the first one I've ever listened to. A podcast deflowering, I suppose. It's been gentle, yet weird, and I like it. Thanks, with Caroline. So... Wow, that's what a so nice, nice! Thank you, Caroline. Even though most of those nice things were about Bob. Um, yeah, that was cool. What is the most unexpected, good or bad legacy your music has started to create so far? Well, I think that's it right there. I mean, just that. I mean, because here's the thing: I'm just writing these songs to kind of, I mean, I'm basically just to like be okay. Like I am not okay. So, you know, obviously, this podcast called I'm, "I'm Okay, You're Okay." I'm not okay. I'm you're not okay. I, I don't feel okay ever. So the only way I can feel okay is if I make something. So if I make some art or if I write a song or if I perform, then that's the only thing that makes me feel like I'm not going to die. So that's why I do it. Now, every once in a while I'll hear from somebody and, and they'll go, hey, this music really means a lot to me. It's gotten me through some terrible times. Uh, it's gotten me through some good times. And I'm like, that's so cool that that that's a byproduct of this thing that I'm doing. Like, it makes me feel really great about what I do. And it helps a little bit. It helps 
helps me not feel so shitty. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know what that, like, I just, I, I felt like I just sound like a real piece of shit, but that's how I feel. I feel like a piece of shit. So when I hear that, I'm like, well, maybe I'm not a piece of shit. You know, like it's new information that's getting into my brain saying, oh, you're not a piece of shit. You're, you're doing some good stuff here. And then the other part of my brain is like, don't listen to that. It's weird. What about uh, this kind of follow-up? Is that maybe the same answer to the question? Uh, the legacy you'd love for your music to have in the world, even after you're no longer around to play? I Again, I don't know what the legacy is. Only Carolyn and other people know what that legacy is in their lives, because I don't know what effect I'm having. It's like Tom Hanks doesn't understand the effect that he's having in my life, because I have a unique you know, experience with my relationship with tom hanks that he doesn't know about do you think when he was shouting to wilson the volleyball and screaming it's not your fault and i'm sorry he's like i hope bob schneider sees this scene. he's like bob schneider's gonna see this and cry and write a song about it called wilson i know i know tom hanks would be a huge fan of mine if he ever came across my music that's the part that's the like that's the legacy that I want to see. I don't disagree with you. I just that but but just to be fair to myself and all of our listeners, that's such a strange thing to say. Why do you think that? Cause he's like my perfect demographic. Because he's like the perfect age <laughs> to dig what I do. Like he would listen to it and go, Oh, this is actual music. Like it's got great lyrics, great songs. Like, I like this. This is good. This is this isn't fucking Travis Scott. Like Tom Hanks is going to listen to Travis Scott and go, this is bullshit. But then he's going to listen to my music and he's going to go, yeah, this is what I like. What do you, you, I bet I can see Tom Hanks like somewhere at a show, like at the Troubadour maybe, like laughing his fucking balls off at Ass Knocker. But then getting into maybe shedding a little silver Tom Hanks tear slides down his goddamn face during Changing Your Mind. By the way, my next album's called Tom Hanks Silver Tears. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. Be, every song's going to be like, I know you're going to dig this, Tom. <laughs> this is for you, Tom. <laughs> oh my and by God. the way, every time I say something funny from now on, I'm going to do I'm going to hit it with this flute. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. Um, you want to hear another email? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go to the email. Uh, this is from Sarah McWilliams. Hey guys, really enjoying your podcast. Man, we got a lot of we got a lot of the ladies listening to this podcast. Makes me feel real good. Hello, ladies. Hey, ladies. Now they're all gone immediately. Like just like <laughs> hey, that. ladies. How about like just anything you say with a lisp is immediately it's not cool. I've grown up with a lisp. Hey, I have a lisp. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a lisp? It's not quite that bad, but yes. Yes. Yes, I do. I have a speech impediment. <laughs> really enjoying your podcast. Y'all make me laugh out loud. It's refreshing to hear two people actually disagree on something, talk it out, agree to disagree, and then move on to another discussion without getting all whiny about it. All while being entertaining as fuck, so thanks for that. Quick question for Bob. Sorry, Clint. Do you do music for commercials? There's a Casper Mattress commercial. That sounds like it could be Bob, but I can't find anything to prove it and would clear it up my debate with my husband that I launch into every time we see it. Well, Bob, please clear it up for us by playing the flute Casper mattress flute commercial, please. I love Casper. Uh, no, uh, I don't, I, I haven't done any music for Casper, but if Casper came and wanted to give me money to use my music for a commercial, I would say yes, because I, 
it's it's a weird thing when i was growing up that was so taboo and now like ever since it was lenny kravitz was the first guy that did it like he he was the first guy that said fuck it i'm gonna take this money i'm gonna bag it up and i'm gonna put it in my bank account and um and at first it was like fuck you man fuck you you're you know and now i mean bob dylan did a fucking like car commercial not too long ago i'm like really does he need the money and and I mean he's like yeah fuck it yeah I, give me you want to give me the money to fucking do a car commercial I'll do it you didn't give a shit it's kind of uh, whack I mean, it's kind of whack though it's not great dude I somebody I do all kinds of shit for money like I play all kinds of horrible horrible shows for money like somebody's like hey come do this corporate gig where nobody's gonna pay attention to you the entire time. And I'm like, okay, you're just going to have to pay me a lot of money to do that. And they're like, okay. Okay. And I do it, and I feel bad the whole time. And it makes me appreciate it when I go play my shows where I've got my fans. And uh, and they like what I do. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel so bad now. <clears throat> I'm not coming at it from like a um, purist standpoint. I'm not like knocking it necessarily. Hey, do what you got to do, dude. I, I totally fucking get it. And it's a really... A strange time for artists and especially in the music industry we're just being fucked it seems like in every corner and every hole and uh so i get it but Wait, hold on every hole i'm just saying it's kind of whack it kind of sucks it's your job is not to go sing about how fucking comfortable it is to fart on a casper mattress your job is to go write your beautiful songs and anytime spent Shilling for that is time you're not spending making the beautiful music that you are on this planet to make. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I hear you. But um, it is weird, man. It is weird, though. Like music used to there used to be only a few things that you could do. And now, like with all the streaming content of YouTube and Netflix and Amazon, and I'm sure it's not going to stop. It's only going to get worse. It's like it's just there's so much to check out that's so good. Like, it's so good. Like, why are you going to want to go out and have to find a parking spot and get a babysitter to go hear me or you play our little songs when you could watch something that costs millions and millions of dollars to make uh, and they 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 shoved it into 90 minutes and and you can watch a hundred thousand well, pe- well yeah well yeah right i was gonna say i thought you were talking about like a 90 minute movie people don't even really do that anymore sort of the new thing is just episodic streaming tv and yeah. a never-ending story a cast that you love it never ends there's a million seasons a million episodes they're all about 20 to 40 minutes long easy to digest you don't have to leave the house you feel like you're right. a part of the conversation happening in culture well luckily though luckily Human beings like to gather in groups. So luckily, you can't really gather in groups and watch Netflix. So because of that, people are still going to come to shows because they like to get together in groups. Now, they're just going to do it less. And they're not, you know, but thank God. Thank God for that. Because if people didn't want to get together in groups, that'd be it for the music business. It'd be like, ah, nobody's coming. I'll watch it on YouTube. I think that people like you will survive. I think people like your band and me, when I was in your band, um, there's going to be less... People are going to not have bands very much. 
I mean, shit, dude, I've seen your solo show. Your solo show's great. And you're able to sort of simulate a band and you're able to do whatever you want in your solo show. And people are really only there to see you anyway. And that's not even the insidious part of it where I went and saw churches, the band churches at South by outside at Stubbs and watched several thousand people really not give a fuck at all that they were just hitting space bar and singing karaoke. So the band guys are going to go first. Artists will artists will still eke it out, I think. Cuz they're the ones writing the songs that are connecting with people. Yeah. But again, it's not uh, yeah. But live music isn't about it's not that's it, the music's an excuse to get together with people that are like you. That's all it is. I mean, the people that go see churches, if if they showed up, if, if the people that love, love churches showed up at that show and it was my audience, they'd be like, uh, I'm not coming back here because this is not this is not my audience. But uh, and same with my, you know, like same with, uh, you know, if, if my audience came to one of my shows and it looked like the church's audience, they'd be like, well, uh, I'm not coming here. Because people, it's, you know, people, it's like fucking a Motley Crue show. You go to a Motley Crue show because it's going to be a bunch of dudes that are like you that are angry and and frustrated, you know? Well, it's interesting you <clears throat> mentioned that. I've been to several, several Metallica concerts on this cycle that they're on. A lot of fun and like a lot went with a lot of my friends. But honestly felt like I didn't have that much in common with your average Metallica like metalhead type person there that was headbanging and shouting the whole time. I kind of felt out of place. Well, yeah, because you're not the same person you were when you fell in love with Metallica. Now, there's still people like that that are still coming to the shows. There are just not as many of those people. And, you know, and they're feeding, you know, you're always going to have young dudes with a lot of energy who are angry that are going to fucking dig Metallica. Yeah, uh, and so they're going to be there in droves, and you—you you were that guy fifteen years ago, and you're—you're you're not that guy now. But there's yeah. dudes like you that aren't. They're just not as many, you know. Uh, Sarah goes on to write on another note. I agree with Clint. Sorry, Bob, that you should play the entire song on the Song Club podcast. I'm listening to it because I enjoy it, and it's helping me pass time. So the longer it is, the more time I can pass. But you do you, man. I'm listening either way. Thanks, guys. Both of you keep up the good work. I'm only 10 casts in, but it's really getting me through work. Sarah, we help people get through their shitty jobs. Well, the first 10 casts. The next 10 casts? <laughs> A lot of arguing about time. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they were better in the beginning. But everything is that way. You know, when you first fall in love, it's so great. Everything's great, and then you get used to it. Familiarity. I, I actually disagree. I think that the podcast is surprisingly taking a turn into some pretty interesting um, territory. It's not mm. just a, a bunch of hold silly... On, hold, hold on real quick. Zip. I'm going gonna, gonna to undo some shit real quick. Is that all the emails we just had? To, we had like the backlog of two emails. No, we have more. Oh, there's more. Okay, let's... let's yeah, what chill you out. Got? You don't have to kill yourself just yet. All right. Hey, by the way, my husband's penis doesn't fit. Uh, this is from EOB... Um, I don't know what that means. E- what? EOB? EOB. The Notorious? The Notorious EOB down with, you know, Bob. B-O-B and EOB? EOB? Not dude, me. Dude's just signed on for 20 more episodes, I guess. Great great episode. Laugh my ass off. 
As a first-time oh, father, hold on. At, I am down with the OB then. As a first-time father at fifty-ish, I can relate to every single word you guys uttered. Hilarious. I think he's talking about when we were talking about our daughters, like okay, our kiddos. This is absolutely spot on. This little creature has become the absolute center and axis of my universe. The single most precious thing to enter my life. Um, everything matters and everything has weight. My head and heart are completely rewired forever. Holy shit. Amen. And then he sent us a picture of his cute little son. So, he, And then he a picture of his wife. Because uh, we talked about how our wives, how much work it takes them to raise our kids while we're sleeping and making art and stuff. So... That's really cool, I'm man. A, I'm always I'm always so happy when when somebody gets to experience uh, fatherhood or motherhood or parenthood. I feel it's, the same way. It, it, it's the best. It's the best thing. And of course, you can't tell anybody that hasn't experienced it what that is. Um, but you just wish it for them. Well, and the people, yeah, and you know, there are people who've decided not to have kids or don't yet, and they don't even want to hear it. They're not trying to hear that shit until they're ready to do it. I like got super excited when I heard that Wayne Coyne's uh, girlfriend, and now man, I, I know that they're engaged. I don't know if they're married, but uh, You're talking about the chick that's always naked around him. Uh, that's his ex-wife was oh. always naked. But, yeah, um, his he's got like a younger version of her that he's been dating for a while, and they're they're pregnant and they're gonna have a kid. So I'm I'm super excited because he's. A couple years older than me, so I just didn't think that was ever going to happen for him. So I think it'll it'll be good for their music too. I mean, I I know that I feel like the best music that I wrote was right after both my kids were born, just because it's such a new, huge experience that that uh, it's it's remarkable and singular and just changes everything. And and so you get to write uh, in a way that you couldn't write like before. So. I'm excited to kind of hear what he's going to end up writing about after that. Yeah, the Flaming Lips for me were always like the good stuff that I found good, the stuff that attached to me, like Soft Bulletin and the Yoshimi record, is almost as good as it gets in the world. Like, I I can't believe how they made those records and how they wrote those songs. It's a mystery. But then there's a Uh, lot of... It's not a mystery. It's called heroin. But then there's a lot of, like, a lot of their material I find very hard to listen to. Well, during those two records, uh, Steve Rhodes was he was hooked on heroin. The guitar you player, can, right? You can yeah, and you can really write great music on heroin. And and I think uh I think Wayne Coyne's always been a great songwriter and I think he kind of peaked during that time, but his songwriting's always been great. His lyrics have always been great, but before that and even since then, they were really about creating a lot of noise and racket and being real punks and like real kind of fuck you with their music. And, and for whatever reason, during those two records, it kind of came into focus for a minute where they were like, you know what? We don't need to, uh, we don't need to be discordant and to, to, we can really make some beautiful music. And they really did for those two records. And then they kind of spewed back out into kind of craziness, which is fine. You know, uh, there's still, great stuff there it's just it kind of came into focus on those two records it's cool that they had that little moment in time where they had you know that song do you realize kind of like well they had that tangerine song which was sort of a breakthrough a little bit but that do you realize song felt like a huge moment for them and that's the song everyone knows but it's so that's one of the best songs ever dude you know what i'm talking about that do you realize song 
Yeah, yeah. Both those records, Soft Bulletin and Yoshimi, are masterpieces. Two the one, in a row. I, I agree. The the one after Yoshimi called it War with the Mystics is close to Yoshimi, but it starts to dip away, and I don't know. But <clears throat> I've always liked that Wayne Coigne. How do you say his name? Coin? I always say Wayne Coin. I've always liked I him, but I, but I didn't know that that ex of his... He was just always posting chicks of him like in the car with his girl, and she was always naked. Like out well, I'm always like shit. trying to figure out what's going on. Like I, I, I look at his Instagram and I like just try to visualize what his what his situation is because it's so alien from what I'm what my life. My life is so like mundane and like uh, not boring because I'm I'm never bored. I haven't been bored ever as an. I mean, I so I quit drinking like 23 years ago. I've never been bored since I quit drinking. Because there's so much to do, and life is so full of opportunities um, that I just I, I'm not bored, but it's just not crazy and wild. Like he's like he goes out and he's dressed wild and his girlfriend's wild and he's hanging out with all these famous people and I'm like oh that that, that looks like such a, a crazy exotic lifestyle and mine's absolutely not like that at all. It's so like get up, take the kids to school work you know writing and then maybe do some art and then make lunch and then put you know feed the birds and then maybe do some more art and then pick up my kids from school and then watch tv i mean it's just super like i love it i love my life i love being a homebody but that's what it is it's not exciting i i feel the same way like i i want to be with my family and i want to make music that i like and that i care about and if you if you focus on those two things, they'll eat up a lot much of your time, and there's not really much time to be bored. I mean, I fucking go and go and go until I can't keep my eyes open, and then I'm up at seven o'clock doing it all again. You know, it starts with my kid, ends with work usually. But if the Wing Coin <laughs> Instagram is perplexing you in terms of that, do not follow Dan Bilzerian. You know, this is oh Dan my god, dude, I love that fucking Instagram. Oh my god. So I've been being told about him by my bandmates for a while, and I kind of slagged it off because, like, what he's just this rich fucking Playboy guy that fucks all the hottest girls in the world. I hate him. I hate that guy. And then I started, <laughs> I started actually going through his Instagram, and I was like, you know what? I like, I like this guy. Oh and I started God. following him, and I'm having a lot of fun looking at his amazing life. Like he he is living. What do you think is going on with him, dude? You could here's 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 what's going on with him, and here's what you could rename his Instagram: boobs. Are you talking about <laughs> me or him? Hold on. No, I'm talking about Dan Bilzerian's Instagram. Could just be called boobs. It's just him hanging out with chicks with literally like uh, the they're wearing the amount of cloth that it would take to cover a piece of chewing gum. But I'm just like, who are these people and what's going on? And then he'll so in this they're one, all, they're all models. They're all models that want to be on his Instagram so that they can get more followers because followers are currency now. But are they and, fucking uh, are they fucking him or what, what is it? What's happening? Oh, he's definitely fucking a lot of these Well, so there's chicks. so there's one where it looks like he's in Fiji. The water is this beautiful um turquoise color and he's standing with one, two, three, six beautiful ladies. 
and he's peeking out through all of their butts. And the caption though <laughs> says, "Here's what the caption says." Oh, and this is this is. I'm what... gonna not call my next record Tom Hanks Silver Tears. I'm gonna call it Peeking Out Through the Butts. Good. Well, you're welcome. And it's Co- just gonna be a picture of Dan Bilzerian looking through a bunch of butts, and that's gonna be the cover of my record. Correct. <laughs> so he the cap the caption of this beautiful photo says. I hold honest, on, let me. I gotta hold on. Let me just. I gotta undo something real quick. Zip. Right, go on. <laughs> Keep going. Get, ah, ah. <laughs> What's that sound? Ah. What is that? That's the sound. Are you pulling your massive dick out of your? No, pocket? that that's the sound of uh, uh, my husband's penis won't fit. Ah! Ah! Take a survey. The caption says, I honestly don't give a fuck about anything other than my cannabis company and my cat. That's, that's, oh the no, caption. I remember that. No, no, I remember, I saw, uh, yeah, I remember that. Like, that was, was when I knew I was following. That's when I knew, like, okay, this is funny. He wears these tiny little short shorts. And like, you know, I thought, oh, he's just some rich trust fund kid, but he's like super jacked. He seems funny. He's rich. He smokes weed all day. Of course, these bitches love him. He's having a good time. Do you know how he got a start? How he got started? I do not know Dan Bilzerian's origin story. He was a poker player, and that's how he he made all his money originally. And now, of course, he owns this cannabis company, so he's just bank banking and... uh it's amazing. Like that Instagram is like, but, but it's amazing. I look at I look at that and I'm like, that is that's taking it. That's taking what we have in this society and going all the way to first place. And at the same time, I'm like, I wouldn't want his lifestyle even for a second. Like the idea of doing anything that he does during the day for me is so unappealing. I can't even tell you, like there's no part of it that I would want any part of at all. Hmm. It's so weird, but I love looking at it. Like it's, it's like looking at a, it's like going to the zoo or something. Hold on a second. It's so weird. Hold on. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Wait, wait one second. All right. Let me just take two of the things. Okay. The money and the ladies. You're saying no? I got plenty. I got when I, I here's what I here's the amount of money I like having enough to pay for a Montessori, pay for my bills, go out to eat, do whatever the fuck I want, and not have to worry about people like freaking out. Like I I don't have a ton of money, but I have enough, which is plenty of money. Uh, there's a guy. His name is Biggie Smalls, and he said it best: "Mo money." You want to finish it? Less, way less problems. <laughs> Mo problem. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, no, I I don't want the money. I don't want the guns. I don't want the chicks. I don't want that fucking crazy ass fucking pot that dude's smoking. He's smoking like, like distilled super weed through these vaporizers. Dude, one hit of that and I would be fucking ready to be hospitalized forever. Fuck that. Dude, I don't want any part of that. 
those super, super hot chicks who are all like fucking each other and fucking him at the same time? No. <laughs> no, I don't want any of that, dude. I want to just like chill out. I don't want to have giant parties with rappers at my house. No, I, I, I mean, I, you know me. I'm not a big, I'm not hung up on money. I'm not hung up on chicks. You've never seen me act any kind of fucking fool on the road about any of that shit. But, you know, the, the, he seems like he's having a good time. That's all I'm saying. Like he's, ha- I'm sort of trapped in an existential nightmare. He's having a good time. I'm not sure every all the things I think would solve those problems would. They probably wouldn't. They probably would more than someone like me thinks they would. Like just tell myself, I'd still be unhappy. But anyway, I'm I'm with you though. When I see like what's going on, like the party, it scares me. <laughs> like it's so scary, dude. All of it. If you plot me, like that would be my version of naked and afraid. Oh my god! Me uh, like too, my dude. episode of Naked and Afraid, it wouldn't be me naked in the wilderness. It'd be me at a Dan Belzerini party, dude. Me at one of those parties, I would feel exactly, exactly like the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm the ugliest, grossest, creepiest old man in the world. I'm a monster. Party. I'm a monster. Well, you talk about like you've seen me at parties or whatever, be confident or whatever, and talk to people. Not at that fucking party. I promise you that, buddy. Good God. Where where should people email if they have a question or a comment? You can email us at bobandclint at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. We'll talk about it. We'll probably try and turn it into a funny bit. Isn't that neat? Uh, Let me tell people where I'm playing, because I've got some gigs coming up in April that are out of town. I'm playing in... Boston on April 12th and the City Winery in New York City on the 13th. So if you're in that area, come out and see me play. Check out my podcast, The Song Club. Uh, Join my Patreon account uh, at patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider and get new songs every month. And check out Clint's podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast. It's a podcast about all things Metallica, but trust me when I say this, you don't need to be into Metallica to enjoy it. It's a wonderful podcast, and there's millions of them. So if you run out of, uh, I'm okay, you're okay, and you still want to hear the dulcet, sweet sounds of Bob and Clint, there's plenty more where that came from. I guess, uh, I guess we are out of time now. Ah! <laughs> Yeah.